That's dope. Yes, sir. Welcome back. <coughs> Welcome back. I'm your host, Afro, and with me, I got my boy, Lord Fish. And then we got a new addition to the team, an old friend, El Sucio. How are hey, you guys doing tonight? I'm doing, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. I'm doing good. I'm excited for the episode. You know, we got a new guy in here. Comes highly recommended, so I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, El Sucio is going to be me, our go-to baseball. Tell me by the past one. Even though he's a sad Yankees fan, you know, he, he somehow knows somewhat about baseball besides not to pick that team. I'm not rocking my Yankees. I want to be. I know. Look at that. He's wearing a pirate shirt. <laughs> I'm wearing the Puerto Rican king of swing today. So at least I could be respected somewhat. You know what I mean? <laughs> Is it because they're playing so bad right now? Honestly, if we could put two seconds on that. Yeah, I'm about to throw a fucking grenade in there. Don't worry, we're gonna we're gonna end the show today on baseball. Is, but uh, as of right now, we're gonna jump right into the NBA. We're gonna talk about the final four. So right now Ooh. we have the Suns versus the Clippers and the Bucks versus the Hawks. The Suns swept the MVP led Nuggets to get to the finals in the Western Conference. The Clippers won in six against Utah without Kawhi. The Bucks win in OT against Game Seven with KD in the Nets, and then the Hawks won in Game Seven against the 76ers. Very entertaining playoff so far, especially without LeBron James, Steph Curry. You know, it breaks my heart. Curry's not in there. But the numbers are up. The games are fire. And I'm enjoying the shit out of this. Um, what do you guys think about what we saw so far from those games going into the conference finals? Uh, Susie, I'll start with you, man. What do you think? Well, here's my thing. You're right in where it is exciting. It's different. I'm excited more because of the simple fact that you had already a Goliath. You already had a pre-known thought of, hey, it's going to be L.A., it's going to be uh, the Nets. And they're not even in it. They're not I even know, it's a beautiful thing, man. <laughs> they were the most disappointing part of it all. The only thing I could personally say is that I wish the Bucks weren't in it, but everybody else that's in there should be there and deserves to be there. Wait, hold and, on. Uh, so why, why the hate for the Bucks, bro? What's that? Why the hate on the Bucks? I've been hearing that a lot from a lot of people. A lot of people are upset the Bucks are still in this. So, so here's the thing. I like the Bucks as a team. I think they're really well coached. I think they're well put together as an organization. I can't stand Giannis. I can't stand the Greek freak. He's a one-dimensional player, in my opinion. I know he gets rebounds and he defends. But I look at him and say he's a bully on the street. He's the biggest guy around. He has one move. Other than his drive and his Euro step, what else does he have? Hey, man, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. True, true. And you know what? You have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar that was also a buck that the sky hook, it made him famous. It was his move. I just think that, you know, if it, if Giannis wasn't on that team, um, they'd still be there. I just think that a lot of people give that guy credit when they shouldn't. That's my opinion. I hear you. I hear you, man. So, Going back to another series, man, we're going to go right into it. You know, Paul George came up big in game six, you know, to win the game for the Clippers. Uh, this is the first time the Clippers have been to the Western Conference Finals. Um, it's That's huge. So my first question for you guys, and Lord Fish, I'll start with you. With Kawhi's health in question, do you think Paul George and the Clippers have what it takes to win this series, especially now that they're down 2-0? I mean, it's been two close games. Everybody saw the alley-oop last night, which pissed off everyone. My boy, Aiden, baby. I've been telling you. I've been telling you. Disrespectful Woo. thing. Great coaching. Jake Crowder with the pass. And Woo. Aiden went right up and over. It was beautiful. But um, 
kind of shocked. Like, I knew it was going to be close, but I didn't know it was going to be that close. If Kawhi comes back, I don't see them. I still – he's supposed to be um, day-to-day. So, we'll see. He stayed back in L.A. when they went to Phoenix. So, we'll see if he comes back and stuff. But um, Chris Paul's supposed to be back game three, too. But I just – Suns have too many weapons. I can't see playoff P, PG. You know, I can't see him doing too much. I agree with you. I agree with you. And when we made our finals predictions in past episodes, I did say I think the Clippers were going to win. But that was with the healthy Clippers team. And I have made other statements in, in the most recent episodes saying that the Suns are going to win this series because nobody can stop DeAndre Ayton. And who better to win the game than the big man himself with that alley-oop over Zubak? My one question, right? Kelvin, I'm not sure if you saw this. They have DeMarcus Cousin on the team. Why wasn't he on the court? Like, why didn't Tyron Lue play this, man? No, he was I don't on the get court. it, bro. He, he was on the court. He was actually defending Crowder. He was the big man in front of Crowder. He was why the wasn't walk- he in the paint? That, that's- <laughs> it, it makes – honestly, it makes more sense to keep him in front of Crowder because I think it was, what, 0.9 of seconds? All Cousins yeah. had to do was just nip that ball. The clock started. Game over. You know what I mean? Like, defensively, it made sense. I think the Clippers are, like – on paper, the better team, they, they look nicer, but the Suns, they have fire on their own. They, like, I honestly think it would have been a completely different series if CP3 was there. If CP was there, I don't think it would have been as close of a game. All right, so that leads me to my next question. Uh, CP3 most likely will be coming back in game three. So if CP3 comes back or even if Kawhi comes back, is there a guaranteed winner in this? The Clippers have already come back from being down in every series they've played so far. They haven't been leading once yet. So if if these guys come back, well, how do you see this series playing out? So Kawhi is dominant. You, you can't you can't neglect his, his presence on the on the court. But the one thing I'll say is when you look at CP, right, his whole career, any team he's ever been on, a part of a trade of, he's made that team better. He he's that guy that you want in your fantasy team. So his stats eventually down the road are always consistent. So he's going to get his, his assists. He's going to get his 19, 20 points, but his, how do I put it? His level of knowledge and being a general on the floor, that's where it's different where you have Paul George and you have Kawhi that still, for some reason, can't seem to manage to say it's your night. It's my night. It's your night. It's my night. When CP's on the floor, it's his ball. It's his team. He's running it. Everybody do this. He's that second coach on the floor while the ball is running. And and you can't beat that kind of leadership. I agree with you, man. He's even leading from off the court, man. I was so yeah. happy to see him, you know, after game one and even after game two, DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker hit up Chris Paul. And it was like, yo, you see that shit, bro? Like, like I love the camaraderie they have, that chemistry they built, especially in just one year. I think that's yeah. fucking beautiful. And I'm so excited to see that. Bob, you got any comments on that, man? So real quick, how effective do you think Kawhi is going to be coming back with that knee injury? You think he's going to be able to put up? You think he's going to be able to play the same, or he's going to be slower, fat? Like, so what do you I honestly think Kawhi is done in the series. Um, if you guys remember when he played in San Antonio, the same thing happened in the past, where like they're not saying anything, they're being hush hush, and I think the Clippers are doing everything they can right now to please Kawhi because next year he has a player option where he could leave. 
Um, yeah. And Popovich, you know, he's the type of coach that he'll say whatever he wants. He doesn't care who you are. Kawhi is a very private person. And right now the Clippers are respecting that privacy and they're not saying anything about what's going on. And because there's been no comments or any updates whatsoever, I really do think he's really hurt. And I don't think he's going to come back. If he does come back, I think it's going to be like a Hubble James Harden. So we're, we're not going to get the full. And why would Kawhi come back to risk the future when they can come back and easily get back to where they just were? Um, yeah. th- and that's my thoughts on it, 100%. Um, right. All right, we're going to move on to the next series. This one was very entertaining. I was actually shocked, and I was also upset. Um, the 76ers, I can't believe they lost, but I understand why they lost. In five of the last se- in the seven games Philly played against Atlanta, Ben Simmons did not attempt a single shot in the fourth quarter, only getting 19 points in the final three games against Atlanta. Simmons also made history with the worst free throw percentage ever recorded in the playoffs, finishing with 34% rating. The Hawks upset the Sixers in Philly. Now, the most incredible thing about this is not only did the Hawks upset Philly in Philly, they upset New York in New York. So Trey Young, John Collins, Clint Capella, these young guys, they are playing in the hardest arenas around the world and winning. And now they're playing against Milwaukee. And uh, hold on, let me jump over to the score real quick. Right now they're losing by four, but there's over four minutes left to go in the game. Mm-hmm. So Trey Young is absolutely balling. I believe he had 38 points by the end of the third quarter. You know, I'm going to rewatch the rest of the game later on. But this guy is just putting in work. Uh, so, But going back to Philly, did the Hawks win against the 76ers or did Philly beat themselves in the series? It's uh, a little so, bit of both. Uh, I'll wait. start this one off. So Trey Young has been the story. He's been the talk of the playoffs. You know, he's the man that took the bow in Madison Square Garden. He's the guy that beat the number one Philadelphia 76ers, and now he's in the Eastern Conference Finals. But um, like you said, Ben Simmons just played like dog shit. The only normal normalcy about that series was Joel Embiid still dominated. He averaged like 30 points, 13 rebounds a game, but it was just pathetic. As a team, they shot 60% from the free throw line, and they blew multiple 20-point leads. So they just – in all reality, 76ers beat themselves. I agree with you. That's I true. 100%. Susie, you got anything to add on that, bro? Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I'm agreeing with you guys. There's, there's no way to really argue it. They 76ers lost that game. You know, the Hawks, I don't really feel won that game. The 76ers lost that game. They let off the, the, the gas. And then by the time they realized that, you know, the Hawks were just in a better motion in a better place, you know, the, the Hawks right now are Cinderella story. You know, the biggest credit that they have is that they took off and and killed the Knicks, where the Knicks were in their own Cinderella story. And they went on, killed it. The Garden turned into the Hawks Stadium. And I just think that, you know, unfortunately, the 76ers just, they have the right tools, but the, they're not working. They're not mashing, you know. So right now, it's it's the Hawks right now can go on and do some historic stuff with bare minimal. And that's what the NBA, I think, should get back to. And, and it, it's a good look for the brand for the NBA because when you look at all these super teams being formed and all these teams coming together and all these players coming together, when you look at the Hawks, you kind of go on and say, again, Bad News Bears, Cinderella story. Like, who do they have really other than Trey Young that, that's a wow factor? I mean, John Collins is a beast, and then Clint Capella is yep. one of the best centers in the league. So, But I do yep. hear what you're saying. Offensively, those but two really can't. aren't threats. Rebounding, blocking, defense, yes. Offensively, no. So I do agree with you. Yeah. 
No, I, I, I think it's the 76ers, unfortunately, uh, lost it for themselves. And, and, and you know what? I, I want Ben Simmons to go to a small market poor team to just fade away like he should have been from the beginning. <laughs> no, All right, hold honestly. on a second, because that's going to lead into my next question. We've watched the process for years. We, we've seen this. And now, back-to-back years, or the last three years, they've had chances to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals and they just keep coming up short. So I believe it's time to now split up in Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. The real question is, who do you trade? Do you trade away Ben Simmons, the guy who's afraid to shoot, even though he's making $30 million a year? Yeah. Or do you trade away Joel Embiid knowing you're going to get more for in return and build around Ben Simmons? Um, Lord Fish, I'll start with you. What do you got for me? Absolutely. You trade away Ben Simmons. The fans are burning his jerseys right now. Stephen A. Smith is tearing this guy <laughs> apart. If they trade Joel Embiid or get rid of him, that city will burn. You know, it's kind of upsetting because Ben Simmons, he's a great, he's great defensive talent. He can guard anybody one through five. He's 6'10". He's a great passer, and he just absolutely choked. But one of the biggest trades I've seen that could possibly come up is them doing a straight-up trade with Portland for C.J. McCollum. I saw that, and uh, I don't mind that trade. I think it works out both for both teams, you know, uh, Damien, he's a small guy. He could shoot, but he can't rebound. Uh, you can't play defense like Ben can. Um, and then, you know, it also helps out Philly cause they need a shooter and CJ is definitely a baller. A hundred percent. Um, I actually worked out some trades on my own. I know Lord fish. I shared one of the trades with you and I'm going to throw this at you guys. And I just want to hear your thoughts. El Susio, I know this is new to you. So I actually went to ESPN's <laughs> trade tool. Anybody can do this. It's really cool. And I built two different trades to two teams I think would actually benefit from this. And the trade tool told me I was right. So in my first trade, you know, I'm a Celtics fan, so I want to see what the Celtics could do. So Ben Simmons is afraid to shoot. That's his biggest problem. You know who's not afraid to shoot? Marcus fucking Smart. (laughs) I think Celtics could trade Marcus Smart, Tristan Thompson, and Grant Williams, and they can get in return Ben Simmons. It works out both ways. We get to unload some contracts and players we don't need anymore, and we get Ben Simmons in return. I think if you put Ben Simmons with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, it would be a historic big three because we don't need Ben Simmons to shoot when we have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum on the court. Also, he'll be able to stretch the floor and set up everybody for success. He's the type of player you need who can defend, rebound, block shots, do it all, and he's better at that than Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. What do you guys think about that trade? Yeah, I, I like where your head's at, but why wouldn't you just get somebody like Lonzo Ball that can dish the ball, play defense, and shoot? Why I'm would not you a trade? Lonzo fan? I'm not. Well, a, you don't have to. I'm be a, a Benny Lonzo Boom fan guy. You don't Benny have to be Boom a Lonzo in Boston? fan. What? You don't have to be a Lonzo fan. Yeah. But like why? Yeah. Why would you trade all that? For I, like... I don't. I don't think it makes sense because <clears throat> Lonzo Lonzo's still young. And not saying Ben Simmons isn't young because Ben Simmons is young as well. He's only 25 right now. Um, but Ben Simmons is somebody who I know can go out there and get me 10 assists and 10 rebounds a night. Lonzo, he's very inconsistent. Yeah, he's played good towards the end of the year, but Ben Simmons is consistent where we need him to be. That's defensively doing everything, rebounding, blocking, setting up people. You had something you want to say? Simmons, like, as you've seen, he hasn't gotten – the shooting hasn't gotten better after every offseason. Like, what is this dude doing in the offseason? What is he practicing? You know what? I, you know, he's fucking Kylie Jenner and other people like that. You know, respect to him. The man's getting his bag, and I'm not hating on him. Once again, Ben Simmons is a point guard. And for me, I hate shooting point guards. The only shooting point guard I respect and like 
is fucking Steph Curry. Anytime we had like Isaiah Thomas in Boston or even Kemba Walker, Kyrie, I'm not a fan of scoring point guards, especially when they make dumb decisions. If you get Ben Simmons, I don't have to worry about that anymore. The last point guard we had in Boston that I really loved was Rondo. You know what Rondo did? He passed the ball. He played defense. That's exactly what Ben Simmons will do for us, and that's exactly what will get us back to the championship. So that's why I see Ben Simmons filling in that Rondo role and being a better version of Rondo than himself. Now, let me throw this other trade at you guys, and I think you guys might be surprised by this, but I think another team that can trade for him and, and be put in a winning position is the Golden State Warriors because you're going to have Klay Thompson coming back and you have some contracts you need to get rid of. So what the Warriors can do is they can trade away Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole, two people that can score and shoot, to Philadelphia for Ben Simmons. And then you get somebody who can come in and rebound, basically be a mini Draymond Green on the, on the court at the same time as Draymond. Imagine having Draymond and Ben Simmons on the same court as Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. You know how scary that would fucking be? So and you still have Kelly Oubre to come off the bench? So that, that probably makes the most sense. Honestly, now that I think about it, now that you're breaking it down, it makes the most sense. But I don't think it makes sense for the reasons you think. So this is what I look at, right? You want a facilitator with Tatum because he is the second coming of Kobe. I'm putting it out there. I'm, yeah, I'm yes, putting sir. that one. For it's you. true. But look, look at this. You can't take a kid that's a head case that doesn't want to play hard, doesn't want to work hard, and put him in one of the hardest cities to play for. Hold on a second. Okay? I don't want to. I don't want to cut you off, but I also don't want to discredit Ben Simmons for what he did. He just finished second in MVP for, in uh, Defensive Player of the Year voting. Oh no! no. So the guy plays hard. No, no the way the way we way. want, we love Marcus Smart. He's a better version of Marcus Smart. He's just afraid yeah. to shoot. He, he's again. I'm not taking anything away from him, but what I am saying, based on what his history is and what he's done, you know what I'm saying. When you look at it, putting him in a market like Boston, you have to have a certain grit and a certain kind of uh, fortitude to play in the city of Boston. You know what I mean? This I is mean, the city that lie, will bro. spit at a child because they're wearing a Yankees jersey. You know what I mean? I hear, I hear what you're saying, but Philly is also another one of those hard markets that it's difficult to play for. Yeah, we all know how rowdy those Philadelphia Eagles fans are, yeah. the Flyers fans, the yeah, Phillies yeah. fans. That's It's a wild-ass yeah. city, bro. I just think that, you know, based on how you put it with, with Golden State, he's better off in Golden State because of all the attributes that he has, right? being a defender, uh, defensive player, going on and having a really high stat in the MVP. He can almost be like a six-man, but starting, right? Yeah, yeah. At Golden State, because when it comes down to it, when you look at the stature of everybody at Golden State, you have four people ahead of him, so he's not that guy. He's able to just kind of play in the background, play in the shadow, but still be the person and the player that he is. You know, and where you go on and you look at Boston, we need someone. And I'm going to agree with Fish where Lonzo, to me, is a crazy idea because he likes the drama. He's a hell of a passer. You have Tatum and you have all these other players that like to run the ball. Lonzo could be that runner. His You're 100% right. A lot yeah, better. If he plays if like he, he did in the second healthy, half of the year, I think that would be a great move. Yeah, if he can stay healthy. I think he's the second coming of Rondo with the fact that he can actually shoot a three, you know? I agree with you. I agree with you. All right, man. I'm going to move on to the next next topic. You know, uh, we got the Milwaukee Bucks 
Giannis and Middleton battled to the very end, winning in overtime against KD and the Nets in game seven. It was a beautiful fucking game. I know we all watched it. I know we all saw the highlights. KD played some of the best basketball historically. You know, they said he played the best playoff series ever, even though he lost. Um, He was literally half an inch away from ending the Milwaukee Bucks season. He had nothing left in the tank, though, and he went 0 for 6 in overtime, and they sadly lost the game. So my question to you guys is right now, if KD hit the three to win the game, do you think they went on to win the finals? Do you guys really think the Brooklyn Nets would have won the championship this year? Definitely. Definitely, because by that time, Kyrie kind of gets it together. You still give Harden about a week to kind of get that hamstring going. Um, And then KD's then going to be fired up to say, I made it to the finals, which I haven't been able to do by myself. And now... It's my show, my time, my town. Like if he if he would have, like you said, that small half inch step back, and he would have killed that game and closed that game, it would have set him off to the to the stratosphere. It would have been a whole different player. I agree with you. And the shot he hit to send it to overtime was a beautiful shot. It was very entertaining. You know, it still hyped up the whole world. Twitter went fucking crazy. Oh, uh, Lord Fish, what are your thoughts on this man? You think they would have won? So I'm going to start this out and say KD's got some big-ass fucking feet. I don't know if anyone's seen the photo. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. But um, so the first two games they played against the Bucks, you know, it, they fucking blew them out. It was crazy. But with all the injuries and stuff and how they played the rest of the series, I don't know if it would have been – I don't know if they would have been able to win the whole thing. How the Suns are playing, you know, I could still see the Suns beating them. And how these – you know, how Atlanta's playing right now. Atlanta's winning – with 17.3 left. They're up 113-111 right now. But uh, It's 114-111. Uh, Five seconds to go. From your TV. But, um, yeah, I, I, I can't I, – I don't know. It would have been a toss-up. Well, that, that goes on to my next question. You know, um, you know too bad for KD. Um, he committed to Team USA. We'll talk about that later on the show. So, he's clearly looking forward to, you know, getting right back into it. Um, so, my next question is do – does Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks have a chance of beating the Milwaukee Bucks and going on to the finals? Are we witnessing a Cinderella story, as you say it? And uh, if they do move on, do they have a chance to win? What are, what are your thoughts on that? I don't know. With how fucking Clint Capella and uh, John Collins are playing right now, if they can do what they're doing against the Bucks in this first game, what I've been witnessing all night, you never know. It might, it might be they could do it. Suzio, you got anything to add on that? Uh, I see them winning over the Bucks. I you think they're gonna win the series and go to the finals? Yeah, I see them going to the finals. I see them like reigniting Atlanta, going on and being a hell a hell of a ESPN documentary, but not winning it. I agree with you in saying that it'll be hell of a documentary, but I don't think they win the series. As I was saying before the show even started, I do think Milwaukee Bucks win the series. Uh, Trey Young can't play like this every night. It's just not. It's not. I mean, possible. he's been balling out the whole playoffs. He's been balling off the whole playoffs, but he is—he's not going to average forty-something points, fifty-something points a night to win the series. And you need him to do that to beat Giannis and Middleton and these Milwaukee Bucks. But I do how, think the Bucks will win in five at the latest. I, how Clint Capella and John Collins are eating rebounds tonight, and how they're playing—if they can continue to play like this—I can see them beating the Bucks. And we'll we'll see, man. And you know, time will tell. We'll we'll definitely continue on and get back into the series. I will like to say I would like to see the Suns and the Hawks both make the finals. I do think that would be an entertaining finals. But DeAndre Ayton will shut down John Collins and Clint Capella. 
That man's a monster, and nobody's fucking stopping him. Um, Side Side let's go on to the next the next topic, which is going to be the NBA Finals prediction. So, who do you guys have at this Final Four going to the Finals for the East and the West, and then who wins? Uh, El Susi, I'll start with you, bro. I'm on a small side question. Oh, what's up, man? What do you think Atlanta needs to get them to where they need to be? They need that six man. They have the star in five. They just don't have the bench. All right. Um, I see uh, Atlanta and, and uh, the Suns. And the so, Suns. Okay, okay. Atlanta and the Suns? Mm-hmm. And who yep. wins the championship out of those two? Phoenix, baby. There we go. That's all I wanted to hear. All right, Bobby, what you got for me, man? Let me hear it. Same thing. Completely agree. So you got Atlanta and the Suns. Suns winning it all. Yep. I fucking love it. Like I said, I would love to see that matchup, but I do think it's going to be Phoenix versus Milwaukee. And I do think Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Ayton get that championship because there's nobody right now in the rest of the playoffs who can stop DeAndre Ayton in the paint. I don't care who's down there. It's not going to happen. And I'm so excited to see that team because they're so young finally get their shine. It's, it's a beautiful fucking thing. All right, let's 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 go on. Brad Stevens, who became president of basketball operations earlier in the month, finally made the first move of the offseason for the team and of the league. After only two weeks of being promoted, Brad Stevens traded away Kemba Walker, the 16th pick in this year's draft, and a 2025 second-round pick to the Thunder for the return of Big Al Horford, seven-foot center Morris Brown. What, what do you guys think about this? I think it's great. You know, they get salary relief, cap flexibility, cheap young prospect at center that's on contract for a couple of years. They get someone that wants to play in Boston in Al Horford, who says he's wanted to come back. You got to remember, Al Horford's the one who wanted out to begin with. Correct. Well, he wants to do whatever he wants, but we all, he's the one who wanted out. His his sisters and his family, there was problems in the garden. Like, there was reasons why he wanted to leave. Um, I don't know if people remember this or they forget this or if you even knew about this, Lord Fish. But um, his family had problems with Celtics fans. That's one of the reasons they want out. Yep. yep. All right. Last but not least, they got rid of a disgruntled Kemba who's had issues this season that kind of came out recently. You know, what's funny is there's a lot of false reports, and I'm going to defend Kemba um, because Brad Stevens, Danny Ainge, they've been numerous reports stating uh, there's a a report out there saying that Kemba wasn't doing any of the the rehab workouts that they recommended. But Brad Stevens – Danny Ainge, I had Kemba on my fantasy team. I was constantly looking at Kemba's updates and all of his news reports. Everybody always said Kemba's doing everything right. He's playing it smart, and he's doing everything that they ask of him. So for this report to come out, I find very disrespectful. I think it's bullshit, and I don't know why anybody would try to tarnish Kemba's name. He's done nothing but said he wanted to play here, and he always had a smile on his face. Um, So what do you think about that, Susio? So my thing with with Kemba is I don't think it was that he was lazy or he didn't want to participate in that. I just think this is the player that he is. I think after all the ailments, all the injuries, this is the player that he is. This is in college where he was a dominant player because everybody else was a scrub. This is just the player that he is. So to expect more out of him is hard. You know, I think he put his best foot forward. We unfortunately traded more than what we got for him. But, hey, at, at least at the end of it, we did get uh, Al back, which we need. We need that big presence in the center. For sure. And I think it's going to be a whole different team. And now we need to get somebody to move that ball around 
and get everybody in the places where they are going to be successful to hit those shots. Get a point guard now, and we're good. Well, that's that's the thing I'm worried about right now is because a lot of people are saying they believe Marcus Smart is going to be our starting point guard moving forward, and I do not want that. Uh, another reason why I'm happy about getting Big Al back is not only do we free up cap space, you know, the contract with Kemba was ridiculous, and then he did have the hurt knee. Uh, Al Horford's contract is a little bit more team friendly, so that frees up a lot more cap for us. Um, but we got Morris Brown. I do think we do trade Al Horford. I don't think Al Horford plays for the Celtics this season. Really? Um, I do want to shout this out, though. Lord Fish is my witness. And if you paid attention to our past episodes, if you're listening now, I didn't call this trade. I said exactly what was going to happen. I said we were going to trade to OKC, Kemba Walker, and get Al Horford in return. I didn't know about the draft picks. I'm surprised we couldn't get a first round out of him. But we did get uh, one year removed from UCLA, Morris Brown, who I am very fucking excited about. This guy is a beast. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I don't think Al Horford plays for the Celtics this season at all. I think he's just another trade piece. So, with that being said, where do you think he would go? Do you have any early predictions on where he's going to get traded to? So Since you were right, right after now, the first That's one. what's going to move into my next question is what team do you see making a big move? Um, the teams right now that I, I see making a move are going to be the Indiana Pacers. I can see us move, making a move for Sabonis because I know Sabonis is – he's not unhappy – but, you know, things aren't going well there. Um, you are you already brought up the New Orleans Pelicans with Lonzo Ball. Um, I know Zion's very unhappy. I don't think we would get Zion, but I do think a three-team trade could happen where Brandon Ingram would go to the Miami Heat, uh, Tyler Hero, and somebody else would go to the Pelicans, and then we could possibly get Lonzo, and then the Pelicans also get Al Horford because they do need help down in the paint as well. Um, there's just a lot of rumors out there right now going on. Do you guys have any um, trade rumors or do you guys see any big moves happening? Ben Simmons out of Philly. That's about it. <laughs> Throw him in a garbage bag. Somebody will pick him up. Damn, bro. Everybody's <laughs> hanging on my man, Benny. Boom, bro. I know both of you are going to be damn happy if he plays for the Celtics. Nope. No. I Listen, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, as a diehard Celtics fan, I have never, ever cheered for another team other than the Sacramento Kings when they had my guy Weber in there. <laughs> I'm going to tell you now, I would rather be a Pelicans fan or even a Lakers fan than a Celtics fan, as Ben Simmons goes. I will skip that whole part of my life. and not oh, what are you, The disrespect is real right now. Ben Simmons is a great player, man. He's just not there offensively. I've never been a fan of the kid. I think he's always been a bum. He's showing that he's a bum. Yeah, I get all these little stats that everybody's holding on to. But <laughs> at the end of the day, like... Everybody's holding on to, bro. He basically averages a double-double with, with assists and rebounds. And then, once again, he was number two in defensive player of the year voting. He's a top-tier defender. Right? The <laughs> most important place in the game happens between the ears. And that's where he's failing. Uh, yeah. So if you know you're doing a double-double, why are you scared to shoot? If you know you are the guy to your team, why are you afraid to shoot? I don't want that. I keep there, it. There was a joke that uh, I saw come out that his ne- this next season he's going to be going play in, for the Shanghai Sharks with Jimmy Fredette because of how bad he played in the playoffs. Yep. Hell yeah. Go to China. Go to China. Reinvent yourself in China. All right, guys. On that note, we're going to move to the next topic. All right. Talk about something you know everybody can agree on, which is Team USA and how happy you are that we're about to win gold in Tokyo. So Steph Curry, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Chris Paul, and Donovan Mitchell all turned down the request. 
Um, Team USA, however, have received commitments from Kevin Durant, James Harden, Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum, Draymond Green, Bam Adebayo, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, and Kevin Love. So my question for you guys is, does it look bad for the faces of the NBA when they turn down their invitations? No. When I say faces of the NBA, I'm talking about LeBron James and Steph Curry. Steph Curry has never played for Team USA to win gold. He has played for Team USA for the FIBA tournament, and then he has won gold there. But we're talking about the Olympics. Yeah. Here's the thing, and it's hard to jump into this one right away. This is the thing. The Olympics isn't what it used to be 20 years ago, 30, 40 years ago, right? LeBron's already been there. Why is he going to take that opportunity away from someone when he's already been there? That's almost like Carmelo Anthony trying to go on and get another gold a medal. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, bro. I'd, I'd much rather see Melo's name on this list than Kevin Love's. Oh, yeah. I was going to even hit on that one, and thank you for saying that one. I don't know what Kevin Love's thinking of being on any other team that, that he's, like, volunteering for. Get paid or go to your therapist. You need so, a lot of help. <laughs> I will say I do think the reason why Kevin Love is playing is it's basically an audition for teams who want to trade for him because I do know he wants out of Cleveland. He's very unhappy. Um, the way he Cleveland played, he gave up on a lot of plays last season for Cleveland. It was very disrespectful. Lord Fish, you have a comment? So I'm going to say this. It was a short offseason, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of injuries. Maybe some dudes just need rest. Uh, one of the Kevin biggest Love things had that, more rest than almost anybody last year. I get that. One of the biggest things that came out. So two days ago, James Harden said he was committed to playing for Team USA. Three hours ago, he he uh, rescinded that commitment. He's no longer playing for Team USA per, per Yahoo Sports. That. Look at that. I mean, he has he has the injury, so he has more important things to worry about. And we don't need James Harden because you still have Bradley Beal. You still have KD. The team looks good right now. And that leads to my next question. Does any country stand a chance of stopping us from winning the gold this year? If so, who? I don't no. think so. I mean, there's a few top teams out there, you know, Australia, Serbia, Spain, Argentina, Greece, and France. But I don't think anybody could hold fucking – could even compete with the U.S. I understand Spain in the past, you know, because they had Pau Gasol and Marcus Gasol, mm-hmm. but I, I don't, I'm not worried about them anymore. Um, I did see uh, there was one team, I think it was Nigeria, where they have, you know, OG Ananobi, Precious Achua. They have some people from the NBA. Uh, who else was it? Victor Oladipo. They have some NBA talent on that roster that they can compete with USA, but I still don't think it's enough to put them over the hump. I, I honestly don't think anybody has a chance to stand next to fucking USA. Um, I don't even think there should be a silver or a bronze. I think all, all awards should just go to America because, you know, America. <laughs> just said it. The, the NBA, no one says, man, do I want to go to Siberia? Man, do I want to go to Spain? Everybody says, I want to go to the NBA. Yeah, facts. So at the end of the day, they can paint it however they want to. It's still going to be a ridiculously dominant uh, game for them. I agree with you, man. But all right, that's enough of basketball. We talked enough about that. We're going to move on to the NFL, and we're going to start off with something that's different. Um, Carl Nassib, a defensive end uh, for the Oakland Raiders. Oh, I'm sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, It still trips me out that they're Las Vegas. Uh, This man came out on Monday on IG and uh, opened up to the world as a a gay NFL player. Um, He also stated at the end of his statement that he was going to donate $100,000 to the Trevor Project. This dude's receiving an outpour of support from fucking everywhere. Roger Goodell, the NFLPA, the owner of the Raiders, the team itself, Coach Gruden, they all came out 
saying they agree with him and they're proud of him for doing this. Um, he's even after 24 hours, he's number one in Jersey sales across everything, not just the NFL across everything. The, the support this man is getting is amazing. So the, my question for you guys, you know, we're, we're not going to try to, you know, cross the line or be disrespectful. You know, we just want to talk about it. My question for you guys no. is it's 2021 was Carl's decision in video. Was it necessary to be had? Did he have to do this? What do you guys think? Lord fish? I'll start with you. Absolutely not. You know, it's 2021. I think 99% of America could care less whether you like guys, girls, like in zebras, whatever, whatever you like. You, like. you know, it's it's great that he came out, but like, if this was 20 years ago, it'd be a whole different story, you know. But it's like you said, it's 2021. Um, it's nice that he's got support, but this isn't the first player that's come out as gay, uh, as we know Michael Sam did it, but. Carl Nassibs is a lot better than Michael Sam will ever be. And uh, last year, this dude just signed a three million or a three year, $25 million contract, 16.75 guaranteed. So he probably feels like he's in a safe space to fucking, you know, say all this stuff. He's yeah, third no on the way. He's getting his money. Even yeah. if, he, even if he gets cut, he's getting his money. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be a book and a, you know, a documentary and all that good stuff. So. All right, uh, El Susio, what are your thoughts on this, man? All right. My email is kelvinx2205 at gmail. Send all the hate mail over there, please. Um, <laughs> let, let's start with, since when did it become cool to be gay other than the 80s? Yeah. Like, <laughs> let's, let's be real. Is he going to be sponsored by Versace? Is his jersey going to be a Versace jersey? Like, I Wait, don't do, understand. Do the gay people wear a lot of Versace? Is that a thing? I see a lot of gay people in Versace. I'm just saying. But anyways, listen, my, my thought is this, right? We had the Rams player do that. I, I forgot his name. Michael Sam. Michael Sam. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody was just like, oh, cool, cool. And I think when he did it, it was more controversial. When he did oh, it, 100%. it was more necessary. This guy right now is just riding the fad. He's being one of the letter kids. He's being one of the he, them, they. You know, he's riding on the the coattail of a fad moment. I think, I, okay, be proud who you are. That's great. I always encourage people to be who they want to be and who they feel they are. I just think that there's something in the background. There's another narrative that's happening that we don't see yet. And that's the reason he did it. Because there really was no necessity to it. There really was no real... Uh, uh, you know, call to the to the throne of I am the ultimate gay NFL player. Like there was no need. I agree with you 100. percent And so, to just touch on something before we move forward. You know, you guys bring up Michael Sam. That's my next question, and I'll talk about that in a second. I just want to talk about who Michael Sam was as a player. He played mm -hmm. at Mizzou. He was the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. If you guys look at who won that trophy, we're talking about NFL Hall of Famers, some of the best defenders we've ever seen. Uh, Patrick Peterson, just to name one of them, right? Um, he was highly recruited, and everybody thought he was going to be the next best defender in the league. Before the draft, he actually came out as openly gay. It became such a big deal that you had Oprah Winfrey and all these other people who got involved to talk about this because, once again, he was the first openly gay college athlete that was going to be drafted. His draft stock plummeted it. He ended up getting drafted like 249th to the to the Rams. Um, and where was he projected originally? What would you say? 
What was his original projection? Third, fourth round, but I will get into personally why his draft stock plummeted if I can take over real quick. You can go ahead and say it, but we all know it's because he's gay. No, absolutely not. So I'm not bashing on anybody that's gay. You know, I always feel like, especially when it comes to players, anybody that, you know, commits crimes, does this, does that, your play has to be above whatever problems you bring your baggage or et cetera, right? So Michael Sam was drafted in the seventh round in 2014. He had a disappointing combine. He was too small to play defensive end and was too slow to be a linebacker. Bobby, what was his stats in preseason? He had good stats, but let me say this. He had great stats in preseason. He was actually one of the best defensive rookies in all of preseason. But I'm going to say this. So after he got waived, my mind means nothing, man. Don't bring up the combine. Well, check this out. They brought him back for a veteran NFL combine the next year, and he ran a 4.99. On a 40? Terrible. Hey, we're, t- we're talking about the next year. He already thought his career was over because he actually, after he got cut from the Rams, he got signed by the Cowboys. And yes. the Cowboys didn't give him a chance either. The point is, he had an excellent preseason. He had a couple sacks. He forced a fumble. The guy played great. Yeah, but he's playing, like, you know, third, fourth quarter. He's not playing against the star guys. Hey, man, you got to do with what you're giving, man. Like you, he was playing booty. If you yeah, had an opportunity, fun. when you get an opportunity to play, you have to play the best you can. And he put up great numbers. It wasn't good again, enough. Everybody thought he was going to be a stud, regardless of his draft position, regardless of the combine. Tom Brady had a terrible fucking combine. He's the greatest player of all time. I don't want to hear about combine. They get that wrong all the time. They said Nikhil Harry was going to be a once-in-generational talent. DK Metcalf got drafted after him. Don't, don't talk to me about the combine. I oh, fucking hate God. the combine. It's a waste of time. You're just going to get me pissed off, bro. The so, reason this, Michael Sam fell off is because the dude sucks dick. That's that's it. No. That's whoa, it. That's whoa, it, whoa. You don't know your, You don't know your, that. Your play 100%. has to so on to, like, Greg Hardy Jr., you know, he always got in trouble. And with Frank Clark, right? Frank Clark, which we'll talk about next. Your play has to be bigger than your baggage. And, and once again, is, during the preseason, he played great. Yes, but his baggage was so big. Same thing with Colin Kaepernick, right? The only Everyone's baggage like, oh. that was so big is all the nut sacks he's had in his mouth, bro. That's that's it. He not, not being spicy. I, I think Fish is right. Yeah, if you're going to go on and have a big bag, you have to have something to back it up. At, at the end of the day, like I tell the kids that I coach, like you practice the way you, you play the way you practice. So the Columbine does have some grit to it. You know what I mean? And if he's looking bad in that, that's probably why they got away from him. But like you said, he had Oprah Winfrey contacted. He had all these distractions. It was overwhelming. It was way too much. That, that So that's what I mean. Your play has to be bigger than your baggage. And clearly his baggage was bigger than his play, even though right. he had a great peak season. So enough of Michael Sam, right? So my next question is, do you believe Carl Nassib just became the next Michael Sam? Negative. No. You don't think he'll have any problems in the next season or two? No, especially with all this elk crying up. It's 2021. We're talking about a seven-year difference. And how he did it so nonchalant, it's uh, – there's no way. I do think he's a solid <laughs> defender, and I think he's a good player. I don't think he'll have any problems. And his teammates all love him. There's no – like, this dude came straight in the NFL. He didn't have teammates. You know, he, he brought all this shit with him. Yeah. 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 I don't think we talk about this guy past week three. We'll be all right. Yeah, I don't think we'll talk about him in another week. Or two. I don't think we'll ever talk about him again. He's he's not he's a solid defender, but he's not that good. It's not like fucking I'm gonna be drafting him in Madden, you know, when the time comes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. But uh, <laughs> let's move on to more NFL talk. You know, some NFL updates. 
Kansas City Chiefs Frank Clark was recently arrested Sunday night for being in possession of a Uzi. Now, uh, El Sucio, you're one of the, the proudest gun owners I know in the world, man. What are your thoughts on Mr. Frank Clark getting caught with the Uzi in his passenger seat? I'll be honest with you. When it comes down to it, I appreciate the Second Amendment. I appreciate the ability as an American to, you know, protect myself from foreign and domestic dangers. But here's the thing. If you're an NFL player, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a Stephen A. Smith kind of approach on it. If you are a player of any sport and getting money, Stay off the weed. Yep. Stay away from the guns. <laughs> Don't be hanging out in the streets. Like, once you make a million, you should no longer want a gangbang. Once you make a million, you should no longer want to chill with Joey or Jeff, the one with the one eye that got stabbed by his girlfriend because whatever, she ate his pork chop. You should not want to be a tough guy. And if you want to still live in that kind of lifestyle, you pay somebody to be that idiot to get arrested. You pay that guy 50 grand to have the Uzi on him and say, bye, bitch, you, you got arrested, not me. I make millions, and I'm going to keep doing that. I think it's stupid. I honestly think it's stupid. And here's the thing. An Uzi is so unnecessary. Yeah, it is. I agree so with you. So unnecessary. <laughs> it's like me driving with my shotgun in my seat, like a, like a second uh, passenger driver. Like, like, what am I doing driving around with a shotgun for? I got my pistol, my sidearm, I'm good to go. Anything more than that? Oh, let me bring my AK with you. Why not? Like, it's crazy. Lord Fish, uh, being military, man, what do you think about this? I think it's crazy. So, RA right now, they're trying to dump the gun on someone else. His attorney <laughs> came out and said, it's his bodyguards. But yeah. I, don't know, I don't know if y'all remember, he ended up getting arrested in March of this year. No, I remember. Traffic stop. He was caught with two loaded guns, and he said they were his buddies. So, you know, nothing's going to come out of this. It's just going to get pushed off. Some guy's going to take the bid. It is what it is. Hey, man. His attorneys will be paid for. He's a, he's a <laughs> former Super Bowl winning champion with the Chiefs not too long ago. He's still yeah. one of our league's top defenders. I just hope we still get to see him play. I, I do love Frank Clark. I think he's a beast. Um, moving on. We're going to move on to something sad now. Um, this one is unfortunate. You know, we have the Minnesota Vikings rookie defensive tackle, Jalen Twimmen, who is one of several victims wounded during a shooting in Washington, D.C. on Monday. According to a statement from the team, Twimmen was in a vehicle on his way to visit his aunt when he was shot four times. His agent, Drew, told ESPN's Adam Schefter he's expected to make a full recovery. He was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the pictures or any of the highlights from this. Um, it was a very unfortunate accident. Like hey, man, it's a sports show. <laughs> <laughs> What's your guys' thoughts on this? Do you think it was wrong place, right time, or wrong time? Negative. He was probably with somebody back in the neighborhood. He was hanging out with the wrong guy, you know, and he I got caught in the crossfire. Damn, bro, yeah. really? There was Shit multiple happens. victims. He wasn't the only one. Yeah, but he was with somebody that had issues with somebody else. I'm not but saying you think, this you guy think had somebody issues. hit him up on a drive by and other people were just no, unfortunate. He was he was probably hanging out with his friend. His friend's probably yep. doing something he's not supposed to do. Yep. Somebody from somewhere else saw him and decided to take a shot. He was just he was in the crossfire. He's hanging mm. out with the wrong people. All right, El Susio, yep. I, I hear you agreeing with them. What are your thoughts, man? In my own family, that same situation happened. You know, unfortunately, I lost a nephew because his homie was the one being shot at, but he got hit. You know what I mean? It, 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 but here's the thing. 
when you make the kind of money these players make, let's not be silly and act like it was coincidence. Mm-hmm. When you make anything more than 50000 a year, okay, you what are you doing chilling in the hood? You're not Jay-Z. You're not Nori. You're not Fat Joe. You're not a rapper. You are a player. You're an athlete. Keep your ass home. Why? Because that's how you keep yourself from getting shot. He was with the wrong person, knowing what the guy was all about. He got hit, unfortunately. Like, let's be honest. Like, you, you know all these guys that make money and go back to the hood trying to be cool. And then this is unfortunate. You know what I mean? And, and again, as a guy that believes in the Second Amendment, I'm more upset that this gun violence situation and narrative keeps going on and on and on. But to say that he was in the wrong place at the wrong time, I think it's fluff. I agree with you. I do think this is, you know, just safe publicity, you know, and the team covering him and everybody trying to protect this kid because he's still young. Once again, he's just a rookie. Mind so you, he's a six-round pick. So he has no business fucking – his business is trying to make the team. <laughs> not fucking going home to see his aunt in Washington, D.C. Yeah, yeah. Fly her in. Fly her in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's move on to the next idiot. Uh, we have Arizona Cardinals rookie linebacker, another rookie. Uh, Zayvon Collins was arrested Sunday morning for excessive speeding and reckless driving. He was seen going 76 miles per hour in a 35 mile per hour zone. What are your thoughts on this? Playing Grand Theft Auto in real life. <laughs> no worries, bro. You just signed a four year, $14 million deal. And it's just. And I know he's happy, bro. You know, four year, $14 million. But I mean, there's no reason. You know, you're a professional athlete now. Your name is going to get out there. You can't get away with these speeding tickets anymore. Like but you seven, think 76 miles per hour is in the 35. That's that's really fast because that's I, fucking cr- you know those are real slow areas. That's probably like grandma street or something. You know what I'm saying? Has anyone seen his mugshot? Because I have, and it, it looks like he was fucked up on something. In it. <laughs> I don't know if they like because TMZ, like Collins hasn't made a comment, the Cardinals haven't made a comment, and the police department hasn't made it to, uh, a comment. So I think there's a little bit more to it. Maybe he was, you know, drinking something he shouldn't have. He was just joyriding, but I'm sure we'll hear. That's what it was. He was doing meth with Nicole. (laughs) (laughs) I hope he wasn't. I hope he wasn't. Um, Moving on, uh, Alvin Kamara is now working for NASCAR. The New Orleans Saints running back was named NASCAR's first ever growth and engagement advisor on Sunday. Him recently becoming a fan over a year ago is genuinely excited for his new role and looks forward to helping bring more fans into the sport. Uh, you know, you know, Michael Jordan has a NASCAR team. Now Alvin Kamara, you have all these other athletes coming into the sport, trying to get it more popular. I know a lot of NASCAR fans. I never really understood it. But what do you guys think about Alvin Kamara putting his foot in NASCAR? Now, I will say he's not this is not his first business venture with NASCAR. He, he became a sponsor with his shop in Florida last year. So this isn't his first thing, but now he's officially part of the team. Uh, Lord Fish, what you got for me? Oh, I love this. This dude's only 25, but it proves there's a life after football. He's setting himself up for success. I agree. You with know, you. I've been to uh, the NASCAR track up in New Hampshire. It was like a 500 lap race. I only stayed for 50. Most boring <laughs> sports experience of my life. Never do it again. You know, my, my stepdad took me as a kid and I never went back. I just, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand, dude. <laughs> I'm happy for this dude. You know, he's, he's got a job after football. That's that's a great way of looking at it. You're right. He, he's a smart young guy. And the fact that he's able to do this while playing in the NFL, and, you know, I think it's amazing because he's going to make good money on both sides of the field. 
Uh, El Susio, what are your thoughts, man? I, I just think it's funny. I must be the only car nut in it because I'm like, what? It's definitely a sport. It's like when people say soccer is not a sport. Like, it's not. You know what I mean? Yo, I don't know where your beef is with soccer, bro. Um, but it's definitely a sport. It's more of a sport than NASCAR. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Um, Everybody so- who's watching this in the comments, please tear this man apart. He believes NASCAR is a sport <laughs> over soccer. He does not take soccer seriously at all. Ever since I've known him, he's hated soccer. Yeah, that, that's fine. That's just my thing. But look, I, I think it's funny how, like, NASCAR is getting slowly more popular. And, and it's good because there's so many abandoned tracks around that, like, it being more popular, maybe they get revamped. You know what I mean? To me, going to the track isn't about the actual race. Yeah, it is, you know, winning, losing, who's out there, right? To me, at least, it's a consistent full tailgate. You go for the what's around, you go for the event, you go for the sponsorships, you go to see what you can get for free and probably have a cool story. You know what I mean? Um, for the people that think that, like, oh, you know, they're just going in a circle, left, left, left. After a while, like, your, your body, you feel kind of fucked up behind that wheel. So there's a lot that they go through in there, especially when it's those hot days. But I just think it's cool for Kamara to now go on and do something that's out of the normal he didn't get a chicken spot great for him you know he didn't do a barbershop great for him he didn't try to do, uh, do a closing line like so many other people he went and said nascar i throw a little bit of money at it it's gonna throw some back it's smart i i do think it's smart i i think it's awesome too because once again he became a fan of sport over a year ago and now now he's fully invested to where he you know he was a sponsor last year and now he's working and he has a brand new position created by nascar and with him behind the helm you know you have an nfl player you know who's very widely popular spreading the word of nascar i think he will bring a lot more fans into it i mean think about it we're talking about nascar right now just because of him so that's crazy to think about here's my question though do you think this was a a setup between the nfl and nascar no um part of the huge reason why this is going on um He's a huge supporter of uh, Bubba Wallace. Yep. He was he was at a lot of Bubba's Bubba's races last year, um, yep. you know. And once again, he's just genuinely a fan to where he wanted to get in. I wouldn't be surprised if when he is officially done with the NFL, if he had his own NASCAR team. Because once again, he has he has his own restaurants down in Florida, um, where he can sponsor. Them. So yeah, well we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm excited for him. Before we move on to the next topic. Uh, I just want to talk about one thing. Uh, we just talked about all the fuck-ups from the NFL. I want to talk about a fuck-up from the NBA. Alex Caruso, L.A. Lakers player, just arrested for bringing a grinder to the airport and having weed in it. What do you guys think about this idiot? Because <laughs> this isn't his first time getting arrested. <laughs> he looks like he's 50 years old, you know. That's about it. <laughs> Needs to get a fucking toupee or something, but... He's a cancer I mean, yeah, you, you would think with people. all that money, he would do something with that hair. Mm-hmm. I think it was dumb of him to overlook at that shit. You know what I mean? Like, let, let's be real. You know when your grinder's in your bag. You knew it was there. You thought you were slick. I mean, but it's weed, though. But let's not act like it's heroin and shit. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not It's not that big a deal. It's just funny that shortly after you lose, this dude seen going back to his old college campus where he got arrested for having up to two ounces, and now he gets caught with a grinder. So, so he's see- like... Same, same dude, like he hasn't learned anything. <laughs> yeah, he's consistent. What you got, Lord? Real quick, I want to talk about three things. So Lamar Jackson, he's negotiating a contract that 
is supposed to happen before training camp with his manager, his mommy, uh, no agent. <laughs> we got tight end university, three day summit, Joe Newsmith, Hunter Henry are both going to be there. Basically they're going to chill, train, practice and pick each other's brains. And then the last thing I got is Eli Manning. Hold on, hold, giants. On, hold on. Before, before we talk about Eli and the giants, which by the way, fuck them. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Go, let's go back to tight end university. You know who wasn't invited to tight end university? Tim Tebow, because of his Tim fucking Tebow. That's fine. That's fine. Didn't you buy his jersey? I did. Are you upset that your boy Tim Tebow isn't invited to tight end university? Absolutely not. Not he's got no? his own foundation. <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. He's married to uh, Miss George Universe. Kittle's comments on why he couldn't invite Tim Tebow because he doesn't have oh, experience. He's really he married to Miss Universe. Yes, 2017. She's from South Africa. Yeah, yeah that's why Tim Tebow looks so jacked now, bro. He's and finally gotten some pussy. Remember, him. he was a virgin before he got married. Hallelujah. <laughs> yep. I thought he was a letterman. I thought he was a letterman. <laughs> <laughs> no, but George Kittle came out and said he's an. I can't invite the backup tight end to the Giants, who's actually a tight end. And then invite Tim Tebow, who just became a tight end. Like it doesn't work like that. So I respected his comments and them going public. But him and Greg Olson did say that uh, in the future, if he does well and he does officially become a tight end, they they still don't look at him as an official tight end. They will invite him in the future. So my yeah. question for you, Mister Fish, is: Do you see Tim Tebow being eligible for tight end university next year? I'm more focused on him making the team this year. Answer the question. Man roster. He bought his jersey. Yes. You, do you, you think he will bank it to tight end? I, university I will stand by Tim Tebow. He will go to tight end university next year. Elsucia, what do you think about this joke? In, injured by season uh, week four. I'm I'm predicting a lot of misreads, two or three fumbles, one wildcat. Disrespectful. Hey, the man, wildcat's I'll... gonna be the best part of his game because he runs. Tim it. Tebow's got the Lord on his side. He's I'm, gonna have I'm, a great I'm season. I'm curious to see, man. We're gonna be doing a, a angry fans fantasy football, you know, edition, and uh, I'm very curious to see if Lord Fish drafts Tim Tebow to be a tight end on his team. So we will bench. see that happen. <laughs> man, all right, go ahead, continue what you're gonna say about Eli, man. Uh, real quick, the Giants will retire his number ten jersey, and he'll be inducted in the Giants Ring of Honor. During a halftime ceremony against the Falcons on September 26th, Eli has rejoined the Giants in a business operations and fan engagement role. I don't think they should have retired this dude's jersey. I really don't think a lot of teams should retire jerseys. You know, the only jersey that should be retired is fucking Tom Brady's New England. Um, well, no. I mean, Lawrence Taylor's jersey should be retired. Um, so, like, don't say that. There's a lot of people whose jerseys should be retired, but uh, Eli did – do the impossible and you know an eight and eight team winning a super bowl you know Nine, he, seven wild he had some team. of the best plays we've ever seen in nfl history uh one being the david tyree catch you know which he had nothing to do with he just you know got away and was able to create the throw and then that second super bowl where he got out of teddy brewski's you know clutch he was able to throw the ball down the sideline in between two patriots defenders to make the greatest throw i've ever seen um and i will give him that throw greatest throw i've ever seen Besides fucking what Pat Mahomes is doing now. I hate Eli Manning. I don't think he should be a Hall of Fame quarterback, but he will become one. Kudos to him, man. I know they had a bad breakup, but uh, yeah, they're still going to suck. So who cares? <laughs> <laughs> but all right, let's 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 move on to the next topic. Uh, we're going to go into baseball now, and we're going to talk more about what I have here. But the MLB is cracking down on illegal substances. 
Uh, recently, the MLB made a new rule starting uh, July, I mean, June 21st, which just was two days ago, which allows umps to check pitchers for any illegal substance at any point in time in the game. And on Monday during the first game of the day, Mets versus Braves, the first person they checked was Cy Young Award winner Jacob DeGrom. He was stopped coming off the mound after retiring the side in order in the first inning. He was quoted saying that they asked for his glove, his hat, his belt, and then he laughed as they did it and asked what was up as they went on their way. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on this, man? We're going to talk more about what other people's comments were, but, you know, for them to go after a Cy Young Award winner, they're, they're, they're going after everybody, by the way, but, like, how do you think they handled it the first game up? Well, me personally, um, as, as like, a person that loves the game, and I really do, like, baseball is, like, my number one sport uh, other than basketball. I think they did it completely the wrong way. They're going about everything the wrong way. There's other things that are more important to the game and to longevity of the game. And this is just a sad, sad, quick way to show some kind of force and strength. But it's sad. It's stupid. It really is. In my honest opinion, let the kids play. Let them actually have some tackiness because there's nothing harder than hitting a round ball with a cylinder stick. You still have to, as a hitter, go on and read the pitch in less than a ninth of a second. There's still a lot of factors that that small tackiness or stickiness doesn't really affect. And I think that it will make the sport better. And they can't go on, at least in my opinion, the major leagues can't go on and complain because they themselves nerfed the game. They didn't like all the home runs last year, so they did consistently across the board to all the balls what they do in Colorado, which is weighing weigh them down with humidifiers to try to make the infield play more exciting. So why not give these guys the ability to have more control on a ball that's 80, 90 miles an hour? And now if someone goes on and beams somebody, hey, you really were trying to hit him because you got some sticky stuff on your hands. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think it would make the game more exciting. And the way they're going about it is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I agree with you 100%. And uh, we have comments from uh, Dusty Baker, manager of the Houston Astros, who, by the way, if any team can bat right now besides the Red Sox, the Houston Astros are just on fucking fire. But that that's neither here nor there. Uh, but he came out Garbage and made a fire. comment. Probably cheating. Yep. <laughs> he came out and made a comment. It was quoted saying that I think I've seen everything in baseball. This is definitely something new. Now, mind <laughs> you, he played 19 seasons as a player and is now in his 24th season as a manager. So the guy clearly knows what he's talking about. Um, he said in the past when people use substances, uh, people knew they weren't allowed, but no one made a fuss about it. And I, you know, that's kind of going to what you were just saying. Like, you know, who cares? You know, it makes the game more exciting. Um, you know, I think it's funny when you see replays of the umps going up to somebody like, you know, Chapman, you know, one of your one of your boys on the fucking Yankees. And he got that shit pine tar on his fucking neck or in his ear or some stupid shit. Um, who was it? Was it uh, Cologne? Where he had the peanut butter, bro. Remember that shit? Yep. That was fucking hilarious. <laughs> well, Sergio Gomez yesterday when they searched him, he went he almost went down to his boxers. He threw his hat, he took off his belt, unbuckled, and unzipped his pants, was ready to take off his shirt, like, go check everything. Like, they're just getting ridiculous. Yeah, people were pissed off, man. Uh, he wasn't the only one. Uh, Max Scherzer uh, was checked uh, multiple times through the first four innings last night's game. And every single time, you know, he took off his hat. He kept trying to take off his belt. They said, no, you don't have to. He kept throwing up his hat and his glove, like, check it, check it, check it. He didn't care. Uh, it got to a point where the uh, the other team's manager called him out and asked him to check again 
because he kept slicking back his hair. And they said his reason for that is he said, I've watched so much film on him. We played him for so many years that I've never seen him do that. So I just wanted to check him out because I didn't trust him. Um, yep. It got to the point where after he got off the mound in the fourth, he legit, I mean, uh, after the seventh, he legit walked off and stared him down to where the manager got thrown out for wanting to fight him. That's how mad they were at each other. It was fucking hilarious. So I will say the hostility that we're getting from this is making it more exciting, but I do think it takes away from the sport and the players. Uh, Clayton Kershaw came out and made a comment and said that if managers are going to call out players for suspicion and then they get it wrong, there should be some kind of punishment. Now, I do agree with this. I know I brought this up to both you guys to think about this all day so we can come up with something that, you know, makes sense. Maybe we can sell it to the MLB, make some money off it. Who knows? You know, in the NFL, if a, if a coach makes a challenge, you know, a timeout's taken away. In the MLB, there is no timeouts. What, what can possibly happen in baseball that will impact the team? Um, Kelvin, you came up with an idea, and I, I told it to Lord Fish already, that, you know, if a, if a manager gets it wrong, then the team, you know, because they're going up to bat next, they should automatically start off with a runner on first. I think that's genius, man. Um, were you able to come up with anything else? Are you thinking anything else, or do you think that's the best thing that should happen? No, there's another one. Analytics, to me, is the worst thing that's ever happened to the game. So if you get the call wrong or whatever, they don't find anything. They should be able to go on. And when, you know how they do shifts? Yeah. Like they used to put David Ortiz all the time. Hey, you know what? You can't do a shift. This inning, this set of, of uh, hitters coming up, you can't do a shift. So now it takes analytics off the table and now forces those players to react to certain plays. I agree with you. I, I think that would be a good move. I do still like your first idea that you told me about. They automatically get a run around first, but I do think that's also uh, puts people at a disadvantage. So um, an idea that I came up with um, is you're no longer allowed to have a pinch hitter in the game. You yeah. just lost your ability to have a pinch hitter. It's something small and subtle, but if you're in the NL and you know your pitcher has to go up to bat, you're fucked. But that doesn't really affect the AL. So I do think there should be a different rule for each out. What'd you say? You have it the other way around. In the in the American League, it's the most effective because you take the DH out of play, forcing the pitcher, which in the American League, they usually don't practice hitting. Yeah, and of course. The pitchers kind of sometimes hit okay, but it would take the DH out. That's crazy. That would be fucked up if they kept it like that and then the AL was forced to take out the DH and then pitchers were forced to bat. That would be pretty fucking entertaining. And I do, I do think that would be a good rule change. Uh, Lord Fish, you got anything to add on this? You, you think there's a good punishment out there for this? So I'm just going to go over the whole thing real quick. So everyone asks, like, why is the MLB doing this? You know, we're already into the season. Supposedly the MLB's response was they wanted to collect data before they went into this. So far there's been six no-hitters this year. Batting averages are at an all-time low at 236. It's the fourth consecutive year strikeouts are outpacing hits. I like the whole idea, getting an extra base runner if, you know – the manager calls out the guy and he's wrong, but what do you do if it's the umpire that calls out the guy and catches him? That's a good point. He did his fucking job. One of the biggest things that's come from this, if someone does get caught, they get ejected and then they're suspended for 10 days with pay and the team cannot replace the player on the roster. They can't put somebody else in the rotation. So the rest of the pitchers get less rest. You know, the team gets fucked. So I'll, yeah, I'll be interested. They can't, yeah, they can't do anything. They can't replace it. Wow. That does affect a lot. That throws off your whole week, your whole month. And the biggest thing is repeat offenders will be subjected to progressive punishment. I don't know what the scale is going to be, but as of right now, first-time offenses, you're ejected and you're suspended for 10 days with pay. 
the most shameful part of this to me, in my opinion, that baseball is America's pastime, right? Like, let's be honest. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. But Fact. to me, Fact. right, as America's pastime, how do I put it? it? It's a shame that we're we're doing this to the game. And the game has always had some form of cheating. You have the, the, the Sox, the, the White Sox that cheated their way into a World Series. The Astros. You had... Um, what's his name? Uh, Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds cheat their way into Hall of Fame or into fame in general because Barry Bonds never make it into the Hall of Fame. There's always been cheating in baseball in some sort of way. And they've always known it because of the simple fact that it's a brotherhood, unwritten rule. You just go about the game for what it is. But now this is being the big ordeal. They knew Sosa was cheating. Canseco's cheating. Maguire was cheating. Bonds. They have a list of 90 players cheating. Let these guys use HGH. Let these guys use whatever tacky material. Let them play. It makes cork in their bats. Yeah, yeah. No, no. That's the, one, <laughs> that's the one I'll say don't do. Cork in the bats dangerous. It's stupid. It makes a poor hitter actually look good. But if you can extend a player's ability with HGH, Let's say Ken Griffin, we got another five years out of him. Or, you know, Cal Ripken. If you can go on and take a Randy Johnson and give him still that grip of the ball, you're making the game more fun. And they're making such a big deal out of this small thing when in the past there were so many other things that were worse. And they let it ride because it was the unwritten rule and you don't rat each other out as ball players. Now everybody's ratting each other out. Everybody got a podcast. Everybody got an opinion. Like, I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> it's true, man. It's true. But all right, we're going to move on. Uh, before we get to our end of the day thoughts, I, I just want to bring up, you know, uh, a couple prospects. You know, uh, this kid, Wanda Franco, I watched him get his uh, major league debut yesterday against the Red Sox, and he played fucking amazing. Um, he had four at-bats. He had two hits, uh, bringing in three ribbies. Uh, it was very impressive, and he's still so young. So it's very impressive to see somebody like that. I felt like he was playing MLB the show yesterday. Just rode to the show. Like, he got his big chance, and he fucking – he had that shit on rookie. You know? <laughs> he, he was putting in work. Um, but I also want to talk about the best players in baseball right now. And, uh, uh, El Susi, I was curious to get your thoughts on this. Is Shohei Otani the best player in baseball right now? Uh, someone actually asked me that the other day. I want to say no, but he's the most entertaining. He's what the game needs, and he's the most dangerous because when you think about it, he really haven't had a crazy power bat and pitcher at the same time. You know what I'm saying? The, the did one you see his stat line for the last, like, seven games? Like, what this guy's been doing right now? You're talking about home run, home run. He pitches, gets, like, seven Ks in the win. Then he goes back out again. Home run, home run. The guy is just fucking incredible right now. And it's like he's playing the show in real life. It's, it's I'll, I'll say this. The, the real ones that should get the the applause, the attaboy, is the office of Anaheim. The Anaheim Angels yeah. should all get bonuses in the six figures. <laughs> even the guy that throws out their garbage. Because they've been able to, even though they're in a big market, which is L.A., as a small market team in reality, because they've never been a crazy power team, they've been able to hold down Trout and him. And that's their team. And like you said, just him hitting and being as dominant as he is on the mound, that's all they need. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. I'll say this. The most talented player right now, I think, is Satis from the Padres. 
I can't disagree with you. He's very good too. I know right now everybody says they're they're one A one B, um, yep. but I have to give it to Shohei Itani just because the man just playing incredible. Uh, Lord Fish, you got anything to, to what add? What about uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? Oh, great batting average, oh. leading in home runs, um, everything. Of course, that, he's that up there. Is. But I mean, I'm not going to put anybody over Mookie Betts. To me, Mookie Betts is the best player in baseball. But you know, that's Stop just it. my opinion. He's doing drugs right now. Stop it. <laughs> he's he's in the like top five for every category of hitting right now. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely up there, and he has a chance to win an MVP for sure. Um, you know, there's still a lot of baseball left to be played. We're still mm-hmm. early in the season. Um, but th- I just think if Shohei Atana keeps playing the way he is, there's no way this dude doesn't win MVP. It- it's it's just incredible. Yeah. No, he should. He should honestly win MVP because he is the most valuable player to the Angels, and he's making them relevant. 100% agree with that. Um, now, just a side question. I just want to ask both of you, what can baseball do to make it more exciting, especially with this tire fire that we're watching with this ump bullshit? Like, what can they do right now? So I'll start off with this. Uh, it, it, I think it happened last year that they were like moving the game quicker. They were making the game quicker. I forget how, I think it was like less time in between pitches and everybody was on a clock and stuff. And that's what really, I mean, baseball used to be fucking super long and you just sit there and sit there and now it's like quicker pace. So I think that's one good thing that MLB has done. Yeah. They're, they're actually doing 20 seconds between pitches in the minor mm-hmm. leagues to try to push it into the majors of, that does move a game quicker. I mean, the other day I went to a game and I was there an hour and a half and I was like, holy shit, that did go quick. I honestly think, um, like I said before, let the kids play, give them their tackiness so the ball moves all crazy while it's being pitched and let them use HGH to recover. They play a lot of games in between with no rest. Um, I think that will help out the game so that people are more reactional to the ball and the ball's getting moved around in one way or another, whether it's being pitched or hit. I like that. I do think steroids should be allowed. I think pine tar should be Not allowed. Steroids. Not steroids. I, no, no, no. I think it all should be allowed. Let them do whatever the fuck they want. Because no matter what, even if you're all juiced up, you still got to have the skill and the talent to hit that ball. See, that's a whole nother conversation, though. Because yeah. you're going to have guys that don't want to take that shit, and then you're going to have guys that want to take that shit. And, and those there's are the a lot that, of guys that don't take it that are incredible baseball players. Just like yeah. the guy, a lot of the guys we just talked about tonight. Well, a lot of the people we talked tonight uh, have juiced in one way or another. Let me tell you. No, no, <laughs> no one out of sin, okay? I even think Mariano Rivera, uh, the, the biggest religious person I've ever seen on the mound, probably did a, a little, uh, what do you call it, circuits or whatever of steroids. You never know. Yeah. All right, guys, that's enough for that. We're going to go ahead and end the show, but before we do, we're going to get our end-of-day thoughts. Uh, Lord Fish, I'll start with you, man. What do you, what do you want to say to us? Hey, real quick, BKFC 18, four championship fights coming up this Saturday, June 26th at the Hard Rock Casino, Hollywood, Florida. Um, it's the 175, 205, 155, and heavyweight championship. Biggest card they've ever had. You know, they've had a lot of guys. Is the Babylon fight? He is. He's defending his title against a guy from England, but – that's Bare knuckle has it's it's come up again. It's become relevant again. Jorge Masvidal just had his game bread FC. That's bare knuckle MMA. It's great. It's entertaining. The last card I watched, there was ten fights, ten stoppages. You can't beat it. It's made for the fans. I love it. I love it. El Susio, you got something for us? Fish Afro, thank you guys for having me. I do appreciate it. It's been a while. Uh, I would say you know check for toilet paper. Let the kids play and uh, yes, yeah, stay safe, man. <laughs> 
All right, I appreciate that. My final thought is the NBA draft lottery was last night, and we got to see who gets the top picks in the drafts. Um, you had the Detroit Pistons win the number one pick. So Cade Cunningham is definitely going to Detroit. They lucked out. They won huge on that unless Detroit trades it. I'm very excited to see what happens. But just to round off the top five picks, you have the Detroit Pistons at number one, Houston Rockets at number two, Cleveland Cavaliers at three, Raptors at four, and Orlando Magic at five. And I will say the Warriors did win out. They have two top 15 picks at number seven and 14. Um, So things are exciting right now for the NBA. And I do expect to see major trades happening, big moves happening. Things should be entertaining as fuck. But on that note, I'm going to say peace. Thank you guys for joining me tonight.